Good morning. It's Wednesday, September 27th. I'm Mark Garrison, in for Shemitah Basu. This is Apple News Today. On today's show, inside Azerbaijan, as tens of thousands flee the humanitarian crisis there, a hearing on the doping scandal in Olympic figure skating is finally underway, and the first supermodels reunite and tell their story. But first, let's take a quick look at some other stories in the news. North Korea says it will expel Travis King, the U.S. soldier who went into the country this summer. At the time, the American military was escorting King back to the U.S. for potential disciplinary action, but he slipped away and joined a tour group heading to the border, where he ran across. A New York judge says Donald Trump and his family business committed fraud by making false and misleading valuations of his real estate assets. The ruling is an early victory for the state's attorney general in the civil fraud case against Trump that's set to go to trial next week. New York's AG accuses Trump of inflating his net worth by billions. Trump has denied the allegations. Trump will once again not be on stage at tonight's Republican presidential debate at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in California. You can get full coverage of that in the Apple News app. In Congress, the clock is ticking to avoid a government shutdown at the end of the week. The challenge is the House and Senate are far apart. Senators are moving forward on a bipartisan bill that would buy time and prevent a shutdown. But several hardline House Republicans are refusing to do that without major concessions. If the House and Senate don't get aligned and fast, there will be a shutdown. In legal news, the federal government and 17 states are suing Amazon. They say the company abuses its market power to squeeze merchants and rivals, leading to higher prices for shoppers. Amazon says the government's lawsuit is, quote, wrong on the facts and the law. Tens of thousands of ethnic Armenians are running from Nagorno-Karabakh. That's the area inside Azerbaijan where Azerbaijan's military recently took over. And the Armenians living there no longer feel safe. The ethnic Armenians are leaving a place where many have lived for decades to live in neighboring Armenia. The latest military victory was quick, but the conflict over land that Azerbaijan and ethnic Armenians both claim has been going on for generations. Both sides claim that they have centuries of history and heritage in Karabakh, and that's what makes this conflict so complicated, so hard for both sides. I spoke to BBC senior correspondent Olga Ivshina, who was in Azerbaijan. She explained that the situation intensified recently when Azerbaijan blocked a key road. That kept some weapons from reaching the ethnic Armenian forces, but it also cut off humanitarian supplies. This blockade harshly affected civilian population, so there were severe shortages of food and water supplies with a total lack of medicine. Many people are missing. People don't know whether their relatives survived because there is almost no cell phone connection. So it's a very harsh humanitarian situation there. The rush to escape has been chaotic, with traffic jams of cars overloaded with people and their belongings. A ceasefire deal is in place, and Azerbaijan's military says it is guaranteeing safe passage for civilians. But many ethnic Armenians don't trust the military, and some fear ethnic cleansing. Earlier this week, a fuel explosion killed dozens of people who were attempting to leave. The cause isn't clear. If Sheena says people on the ground aren't sure whether there can be a lasting peace. 
after all those decades of casualties, of bloodshed, the only way peace is possible is if both sides are ready to learn from each other's pain, if they're ready to see each other's tragedy. So there is a possibility for peace, but no one really knows how long this ceasefire will hold. And is it the end of the conflict or is it just another ceasefire? A hearing is underway in Switzerland this week in one of the biggest doping scandals in Olympic history. Potential gold medals for the U.S. figure skating team hang in the balance. It involves the Russian skater Kamila Valieva and her performance during the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. Valieva was then 15 years old, seen as the best in the world. In the team event where women and men compete together, she lived up to the hype, helping her Russian team place first. The U.S. was in second and Japan third, but it was later revealed that she previously tested positive for a banned performance-enhancing drug. This news came out right before teams were set to get their medals. Now, nearly two years later, they're still waiting. This week, the case is being heard behind closed doors in the Court of Arbitration for Sport. It will have the final say. NPR spoke to American skater Vincent Joe. If the court rules against Russia he and his teammates will get gold medals instead of silver. They're frustrated that it's taking so long. We're now closing in on 600 days, and we haven't heard anything, we haven't been communicated with, and we're really in the dark here. Joe and his teammates asked to attend the hearing in Switzerland, but were denied. The court has been criticized for the secrecy and how it's holding the proceedings. Joe says the whole handling of the situation has done a lot of damage. It certainly is a statement about the state of clean sport, a landmark in the history of doping scandals in the Olympics and in figure skating history. It's not clear when the court will issue a ruling or when the medal ceremony will finally be held once it does. So Joe and other skaters are still waiting for justice. They're on the cover of Vogue's September issue and in a new Apple TV Plus documentary series. It's called The Supermodels, about Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Linda Evangelista, and Christy Turlington. They're credited with defining the very concept of a supermodel. To understand just how much these women changed the fashion world in the 80s and 90s, it's important to understand what came before, when the public didn't know the names of models who appeared in ads and walked runways. Pulitzer Prize-winning fashion writer Robin Gavon explains in the series. When you look at the history of the model, the model's role was to basically be a living hanger. They were referred to as mannequins. Models typically are silent, and their job is to make everything look effortless. But these four women were not silent. They became public figures in their own right, bigger than the clothes or the brands. Naomi Campbell talked about why she wanted to tell her story. You see our photo, our image, so you feel that you know us. But there's no words that go with our pictures. Campbell is blunt about the racism she faced in the industry at a time when few black women were on fashion magazine covers. She talks about how she turned down a company that wanted to pay her much less than white models. 
Campbell and the other models reveal a lot of other behind-the-scenes info about the fashion business and some fun moments, like how several of them didn't know the lyrics at first when they lip-synced Freedom in that famous George Michael video. You can read more about these fashion trailblazers and all the stories we talked about in the Apple News app. And if you're already listening in the news app right now, we've got a narrated article coming up next. There have been a lot of opinion pieces and studies arguing for the economic benefits of marriage lately. Rebecca Traster takes a closer look at this discussion and offers a counterpoint. Her article in The Cut is queued up to play for you next. And our narrated articles are now also available in the podcasts app. So if you want to have great journalism read to you there, just search for News Plus Narrated to start listening to articles from the world's best magazines and newspapers. Enjoy listening to those. Shumita is back with the news tomorrow.